the relationships that still exist and our community partnership and our acts to the community in our church, families, how can we stand together as one? Particularly in our small groups, we have been endeavoring to strengthen and cement those relationships in our connect groups, small groups, when we meet, where we meet during the week. We've been trying by all means to look at how do we build relationship in our community and also how do we reach out to the communities, to people outside of our groups and invite. Jesus says, compel them in, bring them, go reach out to them and bring them so that you may be one flock, you may belong to this one team. All right, so, and today we're continuing in that, looking at how do we reach out to the community? And one aspect that we're going to look at is by being generous. By being generous. Let us take our first reading from the book of Hebrews. The last chapter, which is chapter 13, verse 15 up to verse 17. Let us read together. Uh, we have a message on the screen. Let us read together. One, two, go. Let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. Uh-huh. Uh, continue. Have confidence because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for what would be not of benefit to you. Amen. So in this particular scripture, um, we are looking at a few things that the author to the Hebrews is trying to bring out. And there's just one amazing thing that says sharing your resources. It's talking about sacrificing your resources. In verse 15, it starts by saying, actually, it starts by bringing and saying, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, through Jesus, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. So it's talking about you worshiping God with your voice, lifting up your hands and is shouting out, offering a sacrifice of praise to God. That's what the Bible is trying by, is starting by saying, for us to offer sacrifice of praise to God. And he says, these are what? The fruit of our lips, that we may continually and openly profess his name, confess his name. So after we offer sacrifice of praise, that would be either preaching, either singing, or either speaking, encouraging, or shouting out, or praying to God. As you offer sacrifices of praise, then the Bible continued down there by saying that, do not forget to do good. So after you offer sacrifice of praise, that's an act of worship, but that is not all. He says, now proceed towards doing good. So doing is an action, not so? Doing is an action verb, actually, to do. Uh, doing, continue or proceed forward to doing good. That's what the Bible says. Share with others. That's what it's saying here. Do good, share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. I like breaking scripture into bits to understand it better. I like taking it in parts. Uh, would you bring that scripture again, verse 15, just 15, 15? 
uh, awesome. So that's what he's saying. So he starts by saying that let us continually offer God a sacrifice of what? Praise. The fruit of our lips. That's talking about you shouting like we were singing, like we can pray to God and worship God and honor God and lift up the name of God in prayer. He's saying that that's a sacrifice of praise and that is the fruit of our lips, which openly profess his name. But that's not over. If you end there, that's like half worship. He's saying, now, do not forget to do good. All right? As you worship the Lord, as you lift up praise to the name of God, do not forget to do good. And uh, in your doing good, share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. We're looking at living a generous life. So being generous in your relationship with God and with one another. So he's saying share with others. Share your resources with others. Do good to others. That is pleasing to God. Now that phrase there is trying to bring out something very important and it's trying to bring out an aspect of community by sharing with others. It's also trying to bring out an aspect of fellowship by being in good books with one another and sharing what God has given you with another person or to other people. And the, the Hebrew word or the Greek word actually for that is the word koinonia. That word koinonia. The word koinonia is simply an aspect or an action of having community and having fellowship. And we'll look at that from the first church, how they had koinonia and God dwelt among them. How they had fellowship and God dwelt among them. Well, if you look on your lesson notes, on your message transcript, right uh, below the title, you see that this word koinonia, or fellowship, is translated actually in few other words in that aspect. It is community, when you read in, in Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. And also this word is translated participation. The people within that community becoming one and sharing and building and having fellowship in form of participation. It is also translated as contribution. And also generosity. So that word koinonia, it's like a diamond that is multifaceted. It's like a diamond that has got so many angles through which you see one thing. You see the richness and the beauty of that material. But you are looking at it from different angles. So if we are to be better together, like our theme right in front here says, we are better together. Therefore, we need together to stand and build this fellowship. In that fellowship, the key components will be that we build a community. For that community to be healthy and vibrant, there has to be participation, there has to be contribution, and generosity is quite a key element in that aspect. You cannot have community without generosity. Am I right? You cannot have community Without generosity. Just imagine if we were a community like we are a church, which is a community, a fellowship. If each person were to be stingy with what God has given them. Now I'm very careful when I'm talking about generosity. Other people have got very narrow interpretation of generosity. It only has to do with money. That's not what I'm talking about. Generosity is so broad and wide. 
Now imagine in this church, if all of us here, we are one community, but we were to be stingy with things or resources that God has given us. An example would be a preacher standing here says that I can't stand and preach to other people uh, because I have to preach to myself. I just have to read and be rich in the knowledge of God for myself. And I don't stand to share with others. What will happen is that others would not grow, right? Maybe the singers who are gifted with wonderful voice, we had a wonderful worship this morning. Imagine they don't share, they are not generous with their voice or with their time to be able to worship the Lord and lead, us all, of, lead all of us in worship to God. A community will not be complete, am I right? Imagine the guys on the take, they are not generous with their skills and time to be able to, uh, to project images and the lighting. Imagine if they are not, part, they are not participating in the community, this community will be a dysfunct. It will be non-functional. Am I right? Imagine if the guys out there in the cafe, they're not generous of their time to be able to make sure that we have refreshments and, and the place is looking good. Imagine if people would not come in this place early morning to be able to set up and make sure that this place is conducive for all of us. This community would not be a good place that you'd like to invite your friends and family members to. Am I right? So I want us to put our hands together for all the men and women who are generous with their time in this church and who are serving the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So without generosity, we cannot build community. So what do we need to be generous with? Well, generous with our time generous with our energy, generous with our money, with other various resources, with all different parts of our lives. We have to be generous in all those aspects of our lives if we are to build a vibrant, healthy, healthy community. And that's what that scripture is saying. After you worship the Lord with, your, the, lips, with the fruit of your lips or with your praise and your voice, also do not forget to do good. Do not forget to do good. Do not forget to engage uh, in the community, in the society, or in places where God has planted you. There are a couple of scriptures that are talking about generosity. We'll, we'll look at them later on. A lot of things that God is trying to build or to bring to us in trying to teach us to, be, uh, to live this wonderful life. But I want to give you, first of all, before I go deeper, I want to give you a quote from uh, Carl Menninger. He's a famous guy who is a psychiatrist, and he has, he has helped so many people. He founded the famous Menninger Psychiatric Clinic, he said this, generosity is one of the essential components of mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally healed. Right there is a key element to mental health. And actually, as we look down, that's actually one of the key elements to actually even happiness in life. Generosity. Generosity is quite a key thing because in our nature, I think we see this from our children, those of you who have children, that uh, self and wanting to amass things to self is so much 
in nature of being human. You might buy a toy for your child, and after they are happy and rejoicing, then you ask them to give it to you, to share with you that toy. The response might be that the child might refuse or withhold, they may withhold that toy to themselves. Uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a guy who went out and bought chips or french fries, you call them, to his children. And when they were driving back home, this gentleman wanted to reach out. And he reached out and got a few pieces of the french fries from the son's box. And he threw one because they smelled so nice and threw one in his mouth. And when he reached out to another, the son held his hand like, no, daddy, you can't have this. This is mine. And the father looked back and said, do you know that I am a father of all French fries in this car? Without me, there can't be French fries. If you share a few with me, they actually can buy the entire shop of French fries and give them to you. If you are only generous. Most of the time, children have a tendency to forget the source and they do not like sharing. But when we teach them right, they learn. That if I share with daddy or mom or uncle or auntie, there will be more coming. There will be more coming. That's the same with God. He is teaching us to be generous because he is our source. Everything that we have comes from God. And if we are generous with our lives, God will keep us in good shape. If we are generous with our resources, God will multiply them. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, it says, remember the Lord your God, for it is him that gives you strength and wisdom to create wealth. The secret to getting wealthy and health is in being generous. Hallelujah. It is in being generous, and that's what God is trying to teach us this morning. Well, so Carl Manninger says that the secret to mental health is by being generous. Generous people are rarely mentally healed. Let me hear generous people in the house say good amen. Check for your neighbor. Because all the generous people are going to shout a good amen. <laughs> all right. So try this the next time that you feel like you are being suppressed, you are being depressed, your, your mind isn't settled. Try to be generous with your life before God. Come on, kneel down before the Lord and say, Father, I know the enemy is after my mind. I know the mind is a powerhouse of your body. If your mind is not in health, your entire body might be sick. Actually, most, sick, most sicknesses and diseases that we are facing in this life are mental. They're coming from our mind. Because our mind is actually like we know all the powerful components that, that leads and rules the body are found in our mind. And if your mind is sound, your whole body will be sound. Be generous with your life and go before the Lord and, and pray the Lord to the Lord. Worship God and reach out to other people who are going through stuff. Encourage them. You'll find that you begin to rise up above challenges that you might be going through. Yeah, here's the question this morning. Why be generous? What are some of the benefits of being generous? Because in this life, they say, it doesn't make sense. Christianity, when you give, it means that you are not adding, you are removing. That's the wild math, not so. When I give out one, the world says that I'm having less, not more. 
But with God, when you give out, do you know what you are doing? You are creating room for more. That's what the Bible says. When you give out, you are creating room for more. But out there in the world, they teach you, when you give out, you are having less. That's not true. The source, our source, where we get everything that we have, it says, if you share with the poor, if you share with the underprivileged, if you bring people in your life, help them get better, God will refresh those who refresh others. Hallelujah. If you ever heard about that scripture, he who refresh others shall be refreshed. Who refreshes them? It is God. So why being generous? The first thing is this one. Genero because generosity creates community. Generosity creates community. That's what God wants us to learn from living a generous life. Because number one, generosity creates community. So you can finish the word in your message transcript there. The word is community. It creates community. Wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11 to 12. Let us live, read together. 1, 2, 3. Not only provides for the needs of God's people, but also produces prayer of thanksgiving to who? To God. So it's saying that your generosity, it doesn't just provide needs for God's people. Your generosity does not only stand out to feed or to take care of other people, but it also produces prayer of thanksgiving to God. Do you know what that means is this? If Brother Mashano shares something with me, do you know what I'm going to do? He might share out of his generous heart. Do you know what I'm going to do? If I did not have food, he shares food with me. I'm going to say, Lord, thank you. I didn't know what I was going to eat today. But through that, your man servant, I have food for myself and my children. You know what? Your generosity has produced a thanksgiving to God through the person that you have shared with. We are conduits of a blessing. We are pipelines. We are channels of blessing from God to other people. When we withhold what we have, we are cutting other people's supply. We're cutting them off from the blessing of God. So when we share with one another, when we are generous with other people, we are being a conduit. We are creating community. We are creating a community. I want you to skip a Matthew because I'm going to speak a little bit about it. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, down there, it says, the community of believers, of believers shared everything in common. Well, the book of Acts, the first church, is quite our type of how the church should be. Uh, as Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came to establish what Jesus was preaching, and first among so many things that they did was to create a community of believers. And in this community, they were generous. These guys were generous. They were generous with their lives. They were generous with their resources. They were generous with their homes. They opened up their homes to a fellowship during the week. They broke bread from house to house. And all people grew together. They had all things in common. And the poor among them became rich. That's how this community looked like. Those who were lacking did not lack anymore because they were so 
generous. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says something quite interesting in there. Chapter 6, verse 21, he says, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. In this lesson, Jesus is teaching about storing or investing our treasures in heaven. Where there are no rusts, there are no thieves, there are no moths. Jesus is saying that store there. No one will break in the heaven storeroom to go and remove what you have invested in there. And Jesus says, because where your heart, where your treasures are, that's where your heart will be. And that's very true today in our time. If you want to, uh, you know, the, 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 here's the thing. Where I put my money, where I invest my efforts, where I actually invest myself, that's what's going to attract me. Am I right? We get attracted by our investment. Where I invest, I'm going to get an attraction to that. Here's the thing. My money or your money tends to be a magnet. Our monies or our investment usually attracts us towards the things we have invested in. Here's an example. If you want to be interested more about, let's say, Microsoft, what do you need to do? Buy shares. Do you know what happens when you invest or you have shares with Microsoft? Your mind is going to be with Microsoft company. You are going to be interested with what Microsoft does, the business, how many people are actually buying the, the software packages, because that's where you have invested. So your money actually <laughs> is acting as a magnet to you, pulling you in that direction. Here's another example. If you want to be in, in, interested in the Zambian economy, what do you need to do? Just buy shares with the government bonds. Not so? If you want to be interested and you know what's happening in FNB or other banks, what do you do? Just invest, invest or buy shares. So what is going to happen is that you are going to be so interested on every move the Bank of Zambia does. Every move FNB will do. You'll be interested in the economy of Zambia. You'll be so much interested in it because... There is your money invested with the Zambian bank. When coming from Lusaka, we went for church visit and local partnership. Vineja and I, we are talking a little bit about investment. And she's an expert in that area. So we are talking about investment. I'm selling the business because I want to have shares. <laughs> we are talking about investment and she was educating me on all these things that are happening in our field finance and investment and all those things. You know what happened? When I got home, I started thinking about it a little bit more. And before I knew it, I was on my gadgets online and finding out all of a sudden I had time to look at the stock markets and the economy of Zambia and the investments currently. I got interested and I found myself being magnetized by that and being pulled towards that direction to search then when I was preparing the sermon I said Jesus was right our monies or investments are magnets pulling us in that direction now imagine Jesus is calling us to investing in the kingdom of God he's saying if you invest your life your time your resources in the kingdom of God it will be a magnet that pulls you closer to God amen let me hear good amen it's not easy when you're speaking about money in church. <laughs> I hope I'll still have friends in here. Just saying, use your resources wisely. 
Use your resources to bring others to the Lord. In this our term, we are saying, let us use our resources to build a community. Let us be generous to the extent that we'll build a health and functioning community. Because generosity creates community. So what this means is that anytime I'm being generous with you, or I'm being generous with the poor, or any time that I'm being generous with anybody, or I'm being generous with God in my time, you know what I'm doing? My heart tends to go there too. All right? So God wants us to be generous with one another. That's why the scripture said, remember to do good to others. Because God is so pleased with such. Here is the second thing, why generosity is important, why God wants us to learn about generosity, because generosity defeats materialism. Generosity defeats materialism. In materialism, there's never, when you, you tend to serve or to go that route, there's never an end. You want to get more and more, you want to have more and more. You can never have enough. When you think like you've had enough, you feel that there are new release or new things that have been released on the market. You still want to have more, 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 more. It's, it ends up in making you to be me, I, and myself. It doesn't matter how others are feeling. It doesn't matter who is injured. As long as I get and get and get. I'm not saying in this place that we, want, we don't want you to have money, resources, and other things that you have. God says, actually John says, I wish above all that you may prosper even as your what? As your soul prospers. All the wealth of the Gentiles belong to who? To the children of God. Hallelujah. So God wants us to not be, uh, to abound and not be abased. He doesn't want us to lack and be poor. He wants us to be well to do so that we can serve God with other people. But we, we can serve God with the things that he has given us. But there's a warning to watch out against saving mammon. To watch out against being materialistic. And there's, there's a scripture down there. Let us read it together. Uh, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, actually verse 24. The Bible, Jesus says that you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's the thing. You cannot have the best two number ones. Can you? <laughs> you can't have the best number ones. You have two number ones. These are my number ones. You only have to have the number one. Can you have number ones? You can only have a number one. All right? So God is saying that you either save one and not the other. If you want to invest or save your life, but you want to save money, you reduce the quality of your life. Money should be a means to an end. What I mean is that money should be a vehicle or resource that leads us to worshiping and praising God better. Money should be resources that allows us to be able to transport the gospel to the other end, to lift up the poor, to help those in need, to be able to serve God and show God's generosity to other people. Money shouldn't define the quality of our lives. Because there are so many things that money can't buy. Jesus says it can't buy your life. It can't buy your health. Jesus says it can't add a day to your life. 
Jesus says, all these things, your father needs them, but they are not your number ones. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, the kingdom of God and its righteousness should be your number one. It says, seek him first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall be given unto you. Your clothes, food, and all these other things that you need, it will be given to you if you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us in this particular scripture. He says, because we have to be generous because generosity defeats materialism. We live in a materialistic world. We live in a world where, where, the, where people don't care about what happens to the other people or to what happens to their lives after as long as they live their best and they get as much as they can in this world. Jesus said to one rich man in the Bible, he calls him a rich foolish man. He says, after boasting about what they have, Jesus says, today I am claiming I'm taking out your soul. And all these things you have will be taken by others who did not invest, who did not work for it. That's what Jesus says. So we have to watch out for this spirit. We have to watch out for being led by resources, by money, by other things that we have. We have to serve God first. We have to allow God to be at the center of our lives and allow everything that we have praise God. Let everything that I have praise God. Let your heart be given to God first. So the antidote to materialism is what? Generosity. If you can share what you have with other people, if you can share your life, your time, your knowledge, your resources with other people, you are going to be sound. Remember what Carl Manninger said? The gener generous people are rarely mentally ill. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you share what you have with other people, your heavenly father who knows your needs will bountifully supply your needs. Will bountifully supply your needs. Jesus says you cannot serve both God and money. Circle that word, you cannot. And that's true. You cannot serve both God and money. It either you are going to serve the other better or you will not serve the other. You cannot say making a lot of money in my life is number one and also God is my number one. Does it mean you should not? No, not at all. But who is at the center of your life? Who is the number one of your life? And if God is your number one in life, you are going to give him quality time. If God is number one in your life, you are going to worship him. If you put any material substance before God, that becomes an idol. That is materialism. That, be, that means that you worship it and you will do anything that it leads you. We are too expensive. Only among God's creation are we made in his image and in his likeness. And every other thing on earth, God has given it to us to be able to lift and promote the quality of life. To be able to enhance and give us access to things. And be able to live life on earth uh, with less difficulties. But worshiping God is the reason for which we were created. Lifting up one another and taking care of one another. The Bible said in Hebrews that this pleases God. 
Hallelujah. May we serve God with what we have. May we serve God with our time. May we serve God with our resources. Let us be generous by sharing all things evenly, even with other people. Hallelujah. Number three, why being generous is because it strengthens my faith. Generosity strengthens my faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, the Bible says, Your giving proves the reality of your faith. You know, actually, our giving shows our maturity in faith. Generous people are the people who knows and believes that God supplies all my needs according to his riches. That is in Christ Jesus. And they know that for me to have is God. And everything that I have and the source of all those things is God. Okay? So, those people who are grown up in their faith, who believes in God, they share all things. The Bible does not say in Acts chapter 2.42 that those who had lacked or became poor. The Bible says that they had even more. They had plenty even when they shared. Because God is the one that gives seed to the sower and bread to the eat. And he supplies and multiplies all our needs. Generosity strengthens your faith. You know what? There are more promises in the Bible about giving than any other. There are many times when God has mentioned in the Bible about being generous, about giving, about offering, about bringing to God, about sharing with the poor, about sharing with other people. God has overemphasized that in the Bible more than any other promise put together. The reason is because God knows that when we are full, when we have and we are full, and we do not share, we do not become a conduit, it means that we are hindering ourselves from being connected by other people. The way God has created us is that we are blessed by others as we bless others. We create room by blessing others. This bottle has only very little space left in it to put more water. It doesn't need much. And and, and like all of us in here knows that if this water stays in this bottle for a very long time without emptying it, the water won't be good for drinking. But when it is emptied, it's going to be filled. When it is emptied, it's going to be filled. That's how our lives ought to be. We empty ourselves before the Lord and the Lord will fill, will fill us up. We empty ourselves of what we have with other people and God sends other people to come and fill. We are better together. We are better. Hallelujah. I want to hear that from you. We are better together. I love an African word or philosophy which is called Ubuntu. From where we get the word Ubuntu. Ubuntu is a philosophy that says togetherness. It says actually better together. It says I am because you are. You are because I am. In an African language it says Ubuntu. That's why it says Ubuntu. It's because it's a partner, a person that is completed by another person. We are Ubuntu because we are better Together, let us embrace one another. Like Hebrews said, let us do good to one another because such actions pleases God. I want you to identify a brother and sister in this place as you walk out and just be generous with your words. Like Valina said in the morning, uh, you were not there, but she said, let us find time 
to call a brother or sister or visit them, know where they stay, know where they live. And you find that they are probably going through stuff and encourage them, lift them up. That's what God wants us to do. Some people are just too busy. But you know what? The only time they are not busy is when they are sick and they are needing another person to visit them. Then they are not busy anymore and they complain bitterly. Let us be together, better together, by lifting up one another, by praying for one another, by encouraging one another, by visiting, by showing interest in one another. And do not forget, first of all, to give yourself to God. The Bible says the believers gave themselves to God first, and they gave themselves to community, and they gave themselves to the apostles in sharing the word, and God blessed them. Signs and wonders were performed in their midst. That's our assignment this week, or this, this, uh, this uh, season we are in, on building community. On building community, because God wants us to promote community. It is a, a, a triangle, or a place, or an atmosphere where other people are going to come and be protected. And be protected. So, generosity strengthens my faith. Here is another point. Why being generous? It says because generosity because generosity is an investment for uh, for eternity. That's the fourth one. Generosity is an investment for eternity. When I'm generous with other people, it's an investment for eternity. That's what Jesus says, not so. He says that store your wealth and your treasures in heaven. You will find them there. You will find them there. Store your treasures in heaven. If it was not important, Jesus wouldn't have mentioned it. If it wasn't important, he would have left. He only had three and a half years on earth to live. He did not have time to just say whatever pleased him. He was on key points of things that we need to grasp. So everything that Jesus emphasized on, a child of God needs to work on it. We need to work on them. Jesus says our generosity creates an investment for us for eternity. In the book of Luke chapter 16 and verse 9, Jesus says, Use your worldly resources to benefit others. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. The things God has given us, the things that we have, are to be used to earn us a reward with God in heaven. To earn us a reward with God in heaven. There will be crowns that will be given to each one according to our works. That's what the Bible says. Each one of us will reap according to our works. When we stand before Jesus on that throne of judgment, on that white throne, Jesus will say, welcome faithful and faithful servants, welcome. Come on, enjoy, be blessed of God. There will be crowns that will be given to each one of us according to our works on earth, according to how we use our resources. In this one, Jesus actually is comparing to a shrewd servant, a guy who, when he knew that his time had come to an end in the company where he was working, he started creating relationships and community with other people by investing in them, by helping them to clear up their debts. And Jesus says, this man is wise. Is using earthly resources to make eternal friendship or relationship. Jesus is calling unto you and me to look at what do you have which God has given you and how are you using it? 
We'll be accountable before God with how we use our resources. Did you know that? We'll be accountable before God on how we use our resources. Some people have that mentality. They never have enough. When you ask them to share, when it's an opportunity for them to share, they're like, no, this is too little. I can't share. They can't give. They can't give to God. They can't give to other people. But they want to be given. That's not a healthy way of living. We're going to have so much trouble because our needs are so bountiful. They'll never end. And when you place your trust in God, the Bible says the little that the righteous man has. Health and gain our riches in a right way. And the health that are gained or end in a right way brings generosity to your heart because you want to share and help someone else. We have to create our eternal value by, uh, we have to create re friendship and we have to create our relationship with the things that God has given us. Some people, you might be surprised that most people here are rich. They are worlds, they break world's record. I was surprised this week when I was preparing this. There's a list, there's a, um, an online portal that says globalreachlist.com. It says global reachlist.com. I want you to go there today after church. globalreachlist.com. And then it will show you the first page. It will say, how rich am I in the world? Right. I found that I am the 28th richest person in the world. <laughs> globalreachlist.com. That's the, that's the site. You'll be surprised. I'm sure you're going to be asking God for forgiveness. God does a lot. He has demonstrated first the generosity. In, in John chapter 3 verse 16, what does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave who? His begotten, his one and only son. He gave the best that he had. That whoever gives, whoever believes in his son, whoever gives his life to Jesus will not perish but have an everlasting life. God has demonstrated. God has demonstrated this to us. And if we can bow before the Lord, if we can obey God's word, if we can come before the Lord and open up our lives, the Bible says, actually, God will give you more. God will generously give you. If you understand this principle, you will never struggle with giving anymore. If you understand that God is your source, you never allow anyone be hungry while you have. Jesus says, if you have two coins, some of you begin to find that you begin to win back the relatives. God will begin to bring healing. God will begin to open up doors for education, for academics, just by being generous with your gifts, with your skills. The things that God has given us, either material or immaterial gifts, they are to make us live together with one another and worship our God. May God break that spirit of stinginess in us in the name of Jesus. Because that spirit leaves us to be poor. Proverbs says, those who gave, they had more. Those who withheld, they lacked all things. May we never lack in the name of the Lord Jesus. May we be a source of blessings to other people in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray this morning and break this spirit of poverty.
and break this spirit of stinginess and break this spirit of lack and break this insecure heart or mind that makes me think if I give, I'm going to lack. But may we be a cone with a channel of blessing to other people. We are going to rebuke the enemy. Let us be with our resources, with our lives, that we may surrender to you, O Lord God. And we rebuke every hand of the enemy that steals from us in the name of Jesus. Will you repeat this after me? Say, dear God. I know that everything I have is a gift from you. I would have nothing if you weren't generous. I know that you want me to learn to be like you. Help me to remember that every time I'm generous, it creates community and it defeats materialism. It strengthens my faith. Help me to see it as an investment for eternity. Jesus, I know that I'll never be able to repay what you've done for me. But I want to learn to be generous like you. Giving thoughtfully and enthusiastically. And voluntarily and cheerfully in Jesus' name. Jesus, for what I have and what you have done for me. Jesus, I learned to have learned today that generosity will open up a room for more. I want to give you my life. Then I want to give you. My time. I want to give you everything I have that I may save you with a happy heart. Help me to be a channel and a conduit of blessings to other people. Help me to trust in you and believe that you are a source of all that I have and all that I need. In the name of Jesus, I surrender before you. I surrender my life. I surrender my time to work for you, to serve you in the name of Jesus. May my heart be filled with compassion for other people. May my heart be filled with love to help others in Jesus' name. Now I want to ask if you have never received the Lord Jesus and you want to be generous with your life by allowing Jesus to come and share with you. He says that in, in, in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 that if you hear my voice and open up, I will come and enter and dwell and live with you. Is there anyone in this house who's never received Jesus as the Lord and Savior? And they want to make that choice and say, God, you have given me so much. And today I'm choosing to be generous with my life by allowing you to come and be my Lord and Savior. Because I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead. And I invite you to come in my heart. Are you there? Just lift up your hand if you want to receive Jesus' time. Heaven is waiting to celebrate and rejoice. To throw up a barbecue party. <laughs> because you came back to the Lord.
Is there anyone in the house? Is there anyone who is saying that I know the Lord, I've received the Lord, but I laid down my guard. I've not saved the Lord. I ran away from God like a prodigal son, but today I want to return to renew my relationship with the Lord, to serve him and walk with him once again, that he may forgive me of my sins and that I may live freely. If you are there, just lift up your hands. All eyes closed, but just lift up your hand. I'd like to pray with you and commit you back to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that hand. He's waiting for you. He's patient for you. Another person who wants to surrender to the Lord and return to the Lord. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I only can be the one that sees you. So just feel free. It's just a sign of surrender before the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Is there anyone else who is saying that, God, today I want to commit to being generous with my life, with my resources, with what I have, because I now know that the secret to living a better life is by being generous with my life and with my time. Thank you for those hands that have surrendered before you, Lord. You know every heart, oh God. And you know us, Lord, deep down our hearts better than we know ourselves. And I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are surrendering before you, Lord, this morning. That may you touch them, Lord, and may, may they begin that journey with you, O oh God. That may you teach them, Lord, to walk with you, to move with you, and to touch many more lives on your behalf. I pray that, Lord, they'll, they'll give a testimony because there'll be a conduit of blessings. There'll be a channel of blessings to other people. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are committing to return back to you, to your love, to a journey and a walk and a relationship with you, that, Father, you may help them, strengthen them. Holy Spirit, come, fill them, Lord, and walk with them, I pray, sure, Lord, and show them the way. Teach them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for those who are led by the Spirit of God as sons of God. I pray this morning, O oh God, that they will look to you and you will never lack a thing, for you are a source of everything that we have. In the name of Jesus.